When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because you're feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Do this together. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. <laughs> well, hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Will Dunkson, with my buddy, Kev Huggin-Duggin. Where's Kyle? Where is Kyle? I think Kyle is still face first in a toilet right now. <laughs> yeah, um, our coach is not feeling very well. Coach is uh, under the weather still, so T's and P's to coach, and hopefully he can thoughts and prayers. Yes, shoulder through this. Um, <laughs> we will. We will still. We will move on. We're trying to uh, honor him. We'll yes. honor him in this episode. We're going to we bring will. the funny. Try to at least. <laughs> we'll and try. Power through it. That's Sorry. right. Um, all right, folks. Well. Plenty to talk about this episode. There's been a lot going around in the league. Um, and uh, we've got a great Craig experience lined up and another awesome Bolt history. Uh, but first and foremost, we got to talk about this guy who uh, tagged us on Twitter and just rocking the best shirt I've ever seen. Let's take a look here. <laughs> look at this guy. Doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> charge chat guy. on the slopes. Absolutely. A positive charge out in Mammoth. I mean, that's probably the most active my face has ever been in quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Your beard is blowing <laughs> yeah. in the wind on yeah. this shirt. And dude, look at the pants, the powder blue snow Oh, pants. yes. This is like, this is next level. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very he's, proud of you. He's head to toe, ready to go. Oh, man, that's awesome. A positive charge. Thank you for, for representing yeah. the charge chat out on the slopes you. where there's still snow. I love it. Love it. All right. Uh, now let's take a look at what else is going on around the league. We kind of touched on this uh, last episode, but the 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 big way the big news was Devonte Adams going to the Raiders and Raiders giving away two prime twenty twenty two picks uh, for Devonte Adams and taking on that massive contract, which is going to end up being what was it like twenty eight and a half it's, million? He's the highest year? paid wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Yeah. But you're only as good who's throwing as who's throwing you the ball. Right. And you got Derek Carr, man. I know. He might be he might be your buddy, but you got Derek Carr. You you decided to turn down he and I think he turned down a good amount of money oh, from, yeah. the, from the Green Bay Packers to go play with his buddy. And I don't know. I don't see anything really you're gonna you're gonna become an average, you know, above average guy. Like you'll have you know, sure. have some good games, but sure. it's not going to be like, you know, Aaron throwing you the ball. It just isn't. This no. is the one of the few moves in the AFC West that I was like kind of confused by and not as threatened by, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want to see no. Devontae Adams come Definitely to the AFC not. West in any way, shape or form. But at the same time, I was like, Derek Carr is your quarterback, man. Like, I'm not saying that he's just 
dog shit, but like I'll he's not it. he's not on the same level <laughs> as Aaron Rodgers, man. No. Like, that's just not that's they're not mentioned in the same breath. So like And he's fantastic. He's still gonna be really good. He's just sure. not gonna be and he'll number make one Derek Carr look better. Sure, sure, but he's not gonna be the amount of money they're paying for him is not gonna be worth it. it I don't just think won't so because of no. your quarterback. It's just not gonna be worth it. Right. And I mean, yeah, we and with the with the Chargers getting the defensive players that we've gotten, I don't think he's gonna have enough time to throw to Devontae Adams. It's gonna be he's gonna Doesn't get matter. swallowed up by Khalil Doesn't Mack matter. and Joey Bosa before it happens. So Amen. Um, yeah, so I, I, I just, it, I didn't want to see it. It happened, but at the same time, I'm really not that stressed about it. I'm so. more worried about Russ. I'm more worried about Russell Wilson. A little bit, yeah. Like that I, was a bigger thing for me. Like the Broncos are always good defensively, and now they have, mm-hmm. it, they haven't had a quarterback, you know, since Peyton Manning. So right. now they have one, right. and shit. Right, and in, in his waning years. So I think. Yeah. Uh, if he's still got gas in the tank, and I'm sure he does, otherwise they wouldn't have signed him up. I think that I think Denver's going to be the number three, and I think I agree. the Raiders with even with Devonta Adams are going to be number four. Man, I just I don't see it happening. Yeah, I just don't either. I'm totally with you on that. Um. All right. Well, looking at the rest of the league, this was crazy. This was. <laughs> I mean, so all right. <laughs> you got to take this kind of step by step. When ooh baby. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get, get to, to you, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, folks. If, I'm sure you've all read the the tidbits, if not the entire article over at The Athletic about just the insanity of what was going on in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. He's which, a psycho. He, and who knew? Who freaking knew? Ree, we were, ree, ree, we ree. were looking at the Urban Meyer going like, yes. He's going to bring some culture to the Chargers. He's yeah. going to bring a winning attitude. We want Urban Meyer. I guess Brandon Staley would be okay. I bullet, like dodge it. Holy dodge shit. Dodge that bullet, brother. Like not and just, I mean, dude, you dodged a barrage of bullets. This wasn't just like yeah. one weird thing. This wasn't just the melee. getting caught at that at that bar, you know, with a with a lady grinding on him or anything yeah. like that. Like yeah. this was a whole slew of mess. Um and I, and so we're going to read a little article here about Urban Meyer and Kevin requested that I use my German voice. So yes. Great success. Go. Great success. I, I love the Well, most players adopted an attitude of minding their own business as Meyer's behavior grew more bizarre. It grew harder to ignore some of his unusual actions. <laughs> For instance, Maya insisted that Tim Tebow have free reign of the facility and practice field long after he had been cut. Weekly Tebow Tuesday-themed <laughs> days were mandatory even where every player in practice donned Tebow's professional number 85 jersey while Coach Meyer would wear his tactics jean shorts and patrols the field on his NFL branded scooter screaming get some that <laughs> injured players oh my God. the last straw was when Urban tried to require players to sign mandatory competitive chastity pledges where players swore to abstain from all sexual activity between December and May to avoid any possible missed games due to the impending birth of a child. That one may have been a little ahead of its time, Urban said, when reached for comment. 
Holy shit. He is crazy. Out of his mind. So he's crazy. This article is filled <laughs> with insanity. Like talking about, I mean, other people have talked about it. Like he didn't know who Aaron Donald was. He was like, this number 99 guy is probably going to be a problem, right? Like, yeah, no shit. The guy that's been the defensive player of the year multiple times. Yeah, he's going to be a problem. Um, what the hell? Shit like, I can't, I can't believe Tebow Tuesday. <laughs> that's insane. It was funny because we were making jokes about this and we went on that. Oh man. Like last year in the preseason, we went on like a podcast where it was like all of them. It was like guilty as charged us. And we kind of all represented a coach. We wanted to get hired. Yeah. Guilty as charged guys put it together. And I was, I was playing um, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah. And my whole, my whole, I went in as like, <laughs> had a thing was that I'm bringing Tim <laughs> Tebow back and he's my favorite thing in the world. And that is absolutely still the truth. And who knew how much of a fan he really was. Holy shit. Cutting and, him. And, and, Tim then- and Tim Tebow would not have had a problem with this uh, this contract, the competitive chastity. Pledge. Oh, sure. So yeah. I'm just saying, like that's why he's probably okay. He, he probably came okay up with that. it and Urban was like, yeah. that's probably a good idea. That's a I good idea. We should, yeah, we should do that. Timmy, Timmy Tebow. I can't what, believe What else this. you got? Cutting Tim Tebow and still making Tebow practice or letting T Te- not even making letting Tebow practice and making everybody wear a number 85 jersey. What whatever love in hell? <laughs> What's wrong with this guy, man? He is unstable. It was, I mean, it's a complete 180 to what we thought we were like what we hoped for to get in a coach when we were watching the interviews and the everybody that talked about him going like, oh yeah, he's re- I mean, he really you know, strives for success and pushes to win and, you know, all this other like great stuff. And he, he seems like a level-headed dude, but you start to, I mean, first it was, God, it's just insane. The amount of shit that happens with this guy, this guy's a made for TV movie dude, at the very least. What this shows me is like, it is crazy what college players are willing to put up with. Cause you know that he did crazy shit like this to his college students. Well, I think it's interesting. There was somebody that in a comment about something that said exactly what you said was like, I can't even imagine what he would have done in college. And it was like, in college, he was winning. So I don't think he felt like he had to necessarily push the players to do the crazy shit. Like Jacksonville was not winning. And I think he just like he fell made into it, a pit of hell of just like, I can't win. Like if, like, if I were to bet next year, the Jaguars are going to be so much better. Oh, easily. Because this is so clearly that this was a kamikaze pilot effort of destroying a team and it's just this seems like a joke and when you read it as a german i was like <laughs> this is a joke we're joking this right this, is a, joke. this can't be real this can't be real no it, no and, I, I mean and there's so many other things that are just batshit insane and there's still like the uh the the lambo that talked about him getting kicked kicked by urban yeah. meyer like kicked this is a grown ass man trying to do his job and you're kicking him the kicker. Like I, I, honestly, like I feel bad for, I feel bad for the entire team. I, oh, yeah. I feel really bad for Trevor Lawrence, man. Like that guy was supposed to come out and be the quarterback. And he the is guy. going to be so much better next yeah, year. I think so. I think this coaching hire for urban Meyer was just, could not have been the worst thing for that for that quarterback. I mean, it, it was uh it felt like an experiment, and we should have seen the writing on the wall when we saw like previous coaches that come from college that just can't quite make it in the NFL. It's like, oh come on, 
It's Urban Meyer, gang. He could do it. Yeah. He's a he's a go-getter winner. Who's Aaron Donald? Yeah, he's yeah. still got it. We're yeah, not worried. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. He's just having a moment. Um, yeah, absolutely insane. Go check it out at the Athletic. Um, and and re- it, I know that there's a paywall behind it. It's a subscription based thing, but it's like it's super cheap. It's like a buck for like six months or something. I'm, like that. I'm honestly like, if you really want to get more, I'm. We're not sponsored by the Athletic, but like Mm-mm. it's like the one subscription I'm like use all the time. No. So. Definitely check it out. Then you get Daniel Popper there too. Yeah, Dan Popper. Yeah, write some great articles over there. Go check it out. And hey, Athletic, if you want to sponsor us, I'm just. Saying, <laughs> you want to, I mean, just we're not going to stop you. Slinging some free advertising. Yeah, I mean, you know, scratch your back, you know, scratch yeah. ours, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, go check it out. And you know, while you're checking out the Athletic, go check out ChargerChat.com. Yeah. You know, there's other stuff to check out Smooth. on the World Wide Web. It's not just Smooth. the Athletic. <laughs> there's ChargerChat.com where you can get some awesome shirts, hoodies, stickers, and other great things, and chat it up with other Charger Chatteteers in the member section, uh, and ask questions and ask both fam. So go check it out, chargechats.com. All right, gang, well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. If he hasn't blown away yet, I don't think he has. I think he's safe and sound. There's no place like home. Yeah, come on, just... (laughs) And if you don't know what we're talking about, the Craig... The Craig experience, experience. Had an experience with a tornado near his yes. house, like we'll really close. So we'll see if he talks about it in his Hallelujah. experience. But yeah. uh, let's take it on the over now to the Craig experience. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. The oh, Craig experience. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. Yo. It has been one heck of a week, but I'm here. And I want to say thank you first and foremost to all of you guys who reached out um, in concern for my family and myself. As many of you know, uh, there was some heavy duty tornado activity here in Central Texas. And not going to lie to you, your boy was more than freaked out when I looked outside of my bedroom window and saw a physical tornado across the street from my house that decided to take a a different route kind of at the last minute. So um, all is well here in regards to my home and again, my family and uh, uh, the neighborhood and a lot of places is pretty messed up as you can imagine. But again, thankful that all is well and uh, you know, things will get back to normal here. So, but anyway, y'all are here to hear about my opinions on some free agency moves, right? So let's get into that CC gang. Big old salute to the rest of the Bull fam. What is going on? She got Craig in Texas. And um, welcome to another edition of the Craig Experience. And uh, oh, yeah. Craig Shadamas called that. Sh- if you know, you know. Now, while things have cooled off a bit since the beginning of free agency, our boys definitely came out swinging to get that thing kicked off. Or even before the tampering period with the whole Khalil Mack trade, which none of us saw coming. But boy, oh boy, Um, when you pair that with the interior defensive line signings, what you realize is more than anything, Brandon Staley is a man of his word. He said some time ago that he wanted to become more of a trench team, and that's what's happened here, just in some of these moves. Now, Khalil Mack traditionally is seen as more of an elite edge rusher, but that's not his only calling card. He's also a tremendous run stopper sets a nasty nasty edge and um you know austin johnson sebastian joseph day 
talented run stoppers in their own right. And you pair that up with Joey. We know what he does on his side in regards to stopping the run as well as rushing the passer. And that's a pretty nasty front you got now. Of course, I'm kind of hoping this isn't the case, but it seems like at least partially for the time being, unless other moves are made, which I think there still could be some. They're probably banking on Jerry Tillery performing better with better, better talent around him, which makes sense. But I wouldn't really hold my breath on that. Wouldn't be shocked to see them add like maybe another interior guy post draft or even somebody in the middle rounds to come in and compete because they didn't pick up Tillery's fifth year option quite yet. And um, I don't think that's going to actually happen either. We'll see. Stand positive about it either way. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about the major signing on the back end that uh, kind of helps tie all this stuff together. Come on now, be honest. None of us really, really believe JC Jackson was an option. Particularly because we're accustomed to how the Chargers do business and this isn't the way they go about things traditionally. You don't hear a ton about any moves that are gonna be made beforehand. Now, some stuff you can kind of sort of predict because it makes sense, like the Corey Lindsley thing, uh, and even the Brian Balaga thing the year before. And then there were ties there because of the coaching staff. So, it, you know, just made sense. It was a natural thing. But man, Mr. INT, JC Jackson, is a Los Angeles Charger. And you have Derwin James to thank for that, people. So uh, it's clear that DJ bleeds powder blue. He's all about this team. And he went after JC really hard during the Pro Bowl. Now, there are ties there as well because the two played seven on seven in high school back in Florida and um, probably played a huge part in the reason why he decided to come to LA. And then you saw that clip from, uh, I think it's gonna be an all in here at the end of the month where you know Staley showed his appreciation for the player that JC is and JC was almost at a loss for words because of it and he's already expressed that he's never met a coach quite like this before so bravo to that the back end and the pass rush work hand in hand and now that you have a number one cornerback now you can go ahead and if you want to move Mike Davis over to CB2 uh in base packages which I'm not even sure that's going to happen that could actually be Zion and uh when you come out in nickel packages which is more base now anyway, because the majority of what you're running now is going to be nickel and dime. Uh, then you can just go ahead and put Zant in the slot, move Davis on the outside, and you got a guy who you can put on any team's number one wide receiver. And that's a pretty nasty secondary you got there. Of course, you got Nas and Derwin, who's probably going to be a little bit more in the box. And that's where I think there's an additional safety coming into play here, potentially in the draft as well. And then we're not done with free agency. Maybe there's somebody out there like, uh, you know, not going to get my honey badger hopes up, but uh, like a Jabril Peppers, who could make sense there and be an interchangeable piece with Derwin. But if your pass rush is really good, then you guys in the secondary don't have to cover as long. If your secondary coverage is great, it gets your pass rushers extra time to get after the QB if they don't win initially off the line. So the two are married together. And this defense should be pretty, pretty special moving forward because there are probably some additional pieces coming here again, whether it be in free agency or the draft. Lots to look forward to people. So I'll go ahead and uh, close it out with this. I appreciate you guys again for checking in. Happy for things to kind of be getting back to normal. And uh, 
You know where to find me. Catch me on Twitter, Mr. T-O-P underscore F-L-Y-T-3. Or over on the flight deck, charge it to the game, which I have something new coming there shortly. I know it's been a couple weeks, but it's been a little busy. Bear with me. Uh, fellas, no questions. Just appreciate you as always. And uh, I'll catch y'all later. You know what it is. It's Mr. Bow Gang or Do Not Bang. And uh, see y'all next time. Okay, love you. Bye. Well, Craig, I think those are excellent points as always. Um, it has been classic a- Craig. Right. Classic Craig, right? Classic. Um, it has really just been an exciting free agency. And with seeing almost uh, outside of the signing of, of Mike Williams, it's all been directed at the defense yeah. entirely. Like, in, you know, out, outside of the tenders and the special teams and stuff like that, it's yeah. all been directed at the defense. So, like, obviously they're aware that that was our biggest part of need. It's what Staley wanted to change. It's what we needed to change and didn't want to leave it in the hands of rookies, right? Yeah. Like we wanted to make sure that we had guys that have been in those positions on that side of the ball. And yeah. really that's, what's going to make the difference. I think. Yeah. Um, and definitely interesting to see what, the, how it translates to what we've done now to what's going to happen in the draft. Right. I think it's just going to be, we are going to have the craziest roster once the draft's done. We're adding so many new players, a lot of like late yeah. round players. So it'll be, it's going to be really interesting to find out what happens. Absolutely. Yeah. The draft, we're still about a month away, a little over a month away from the draft. So we're it's closer. It, we we are inching closer. We've got, you know, four more weeks, give or take to, to get to the draft. So it is, it's that time of year. We get excited, but still it's like, I don't know who, who we're going to pick. It's really just going to be, it's going to be tough to call it to see what what position we go with. But um, Craig, as always, dude, thank you Thanks, Craig. for coming on and, and sharing your words of wisdom with us. Love to hear it. Um, and let's go on to the other, the fifth Beatle of this Charger Chat podcast. Uh, it is time for Bolt History with Mike Modlin. Teach us something. Teach us something. I dare you. A double dog dare Double dog dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember like it was yesterday. In comes this whirlwind, Don Coriel. So see the San Diego Chargers and see spectacular professional football at its best. Into the end zone, Charger fans are witnesses to history! What's up, Bolt gang? Welcome back to Bolt History. I'm your Charger Tat historian, Mike Maudlin, and today we're literally going to be talking about Bolt History, the history of the Chargers. Since we haven't done that yet... As you probably know, they started in 1960 as the Los Angeles Chargers, but did you know they actually have a birthday? August 14th is the Chargers' birthday. In August 14th, 1959, then Baron Hilton, a 32-year-old business executive who worked in a hotel chain for his father, Conrad, who had founded the Hilton Hotels. You've probably heard of them. Uh, He was a 32-year-old executive working for his dad was awarded a franchise by Lamar Hunt, who had founded the American Football League, the AFL, in 1959. Lamar Hunt, as you may know, was also the uh, original owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, He had awarded uh, Baron Hilton the franchise in 1959, and they began playing in 1960 in the Los Angeles Coliseum. Uh, And even though they had won the Western Division in 1960 in the AFL, the Chargers uh, received hardly any fan support in Los Angeles. Uh, They found it ironically, uh, difficult to compete with fans of the Rams who were playing for the NFL, obviously, in their in their own stadium. They were trying to compete for fans, and they weren't doing a, a good job of it. So 
Baron Hilton, lifted by a San Diego area sports editor named Jack Murphy, moved the team 120 miles south to San Diego in 1961. They began playing in Balboa Stadium, which was a historic stadium, at, and it was expanded to 34,000-seat capacity to accommodate the Chargers moving down there. Hilton named the team the Chargers. Uh, and some say he was given the idea to use the name Chargers because he had a new a business venture called Carte Blanche, which was a credit card business. Um, but Hilton denied that. He actually sponsored a team naming contest and promised a trip to Mexico City in 1960 for the winner. Uh, a fan had nominated the name in a contest, Chargers. A gentleman named Gerald Courtney submitted the name Chargers. And Hilton reportedly liked the name so much that he didn't even open up another letter. He also selected it because he loved the bugle call and charge response that was playing at USC games in the Coliseum. Uh, and also it fit well with his carte blanche business. Now, here's an interesting side note. Uh, carte blanche in 1968 was sold off to a national bank, which would later name, be renamed Citibank. So uh, the carte blanche business was sold to Citibank. In San Diego, the Chargers, spurred by Coach Sid Gilman, developed in one of the biggest glamour teams of any decade. Gilman's first teams were high-scoring, crowd-pleasing juggernauts that won divisional championships five of the first six years of the AFL's existence. And obviously, they won the American Football League Championship in 1963 with a 51-10 victory over the Boston Patriots. Uh, and they had stars like uh, Lance Allworth, Keith Lincoln, Paul Lowe, quarterback John Hadel, uh, and that not only made the Chargers a winning team, but they also provided image, impetus, and respect for the AFL uh, that was fighting a life-and-death struggle with the well-established and well-funded NFL. Gilman, Allworth, tackle Ron Mix, and they were all members of the Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame, believe it or not, all those early 60 stars. The Chargers ended up moving into a new 60,835-seat stadium, uh, which began as San Diego Stadium, later renamed to Jack Murphy Stadium after that at sports editor who encouraged Sid Gilman to move the team to San Diego and then, of course, Qualcomm Stadium. While the new home assured the future of pro football in San Diego, it, the team itself didn't win another championship. Uh, Gilman suddenly retired from coaching because of failing health after nine games in 1969. And he did coach 10 more games for the Chargers in 1971, but the glory days were over by that point, and they could not be duplicated. Sid Gilman's 87-57-6 record in 11 seasons in San Diego is easily the best in Chargers history. Uh, only one other long-term coach in San Diego, Don Coriel, had a winning record. Coriel compiled a 72-60-0 record during his 1978-86 through 86 tenure. The Chargers won AFC Western Division champions in 79, 80, and 81 and reached the AFC Championship game the last two seasons. During that period, Coriel Coriel and his Chargers played the same kind of exciting football that made Gilman uh, and the Chargers of the early 60s so exciting. They were uh, emphasizing the pass-forward offense, uh, forward-pass offense, I should say. The offense was referred to as Air Coriel, as you probably know. And a future Hall of Fame quarterback, Dan Fouts, was the man who made that offense go. Uh, his targets included such Hall of, Hall of Famers as Charlie Joyner and tight end Kellen Winslow. The Chargers also advanced to the uh, the second round of the AFC playoffs in the strike short strike shortened 1983 season 82 season sorry but then dropped out of contention for the next 10 years. Bobby Ross from Georgia Tech became the new coach in 1992 and immediately led the Chargers back to the playoffs 
capturing the AFC Western Division title. Two years later, the Chargers defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 17-13 in the AFC Championship game before losing terribly to the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl XXIX. Uh, Baron Hilton <clears throat> sold the Chargers to Gene Klein in 1966. Gene Klein, in turn, sold the team to Alex Spanos in 1984. And then the Spanos family obviously moved the Chargers to Los Angeles in 2016. Now, the Chargers have also been at the forefront of many firsts in the NFL. They were the first NFL team to have a black equipment manager named Sid Brooks. They were the first team to ha have a non-gray face mask in any level of football. And we've covered a lot of this stuff in Bolt history before, but wanted to mention them all in one place. They were the first team from the Western Division to win a championship. They're the first AFL team to have a member inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Lance Allworth. Uh, Sid Gilman introduced football's very first strength and conditioning coach, its first weightlifting program, and a conscious effort to racially integrate his club. Uh, he, he was also where Sid Gilman and his staff handed out little pink pills called Dianabol. It's an anabolic steroid. So the Chargers were the first sports team to use steroids. That didn't last very long once players started uh, suffering some consequences from that and uh, started suing people. So the Chargers, although they were a first team to use steroids, uh, they quickly stopped. They uh, Their first game as the San Diego Chargers was versus the Raiders on September 17th, 1961. And their final game in San Diego was versus the Chiefs in 2016. The Chargers have played 62 seasons, 1960 through 2021. Their all-time record is 468 wins, 470 losses, and 11 ties. Their playoff record is 12 and 18. The numbers retired by the organization include 14, Dan Fouts, 19, Lance Allworth, 55, Junior Seau, 21, LaDainian Tomlinson, and interestingly enough, 74 was retired for a short period by the Chargers. It was when Ron Mix retired. Uh, but then Rock, Ron came out of retirement and went to go play for the Raiders, so Gene Klein Knowing how much he hated the Raiders, he unretired that bitch. So 74 is still in play, even though it was retired for a short period of history or a short period of time in Chargers history. That's it for this edition of Bolt History. Always remember to stay bolted. Okay, love you. Bye. Wow. Unretire <laughs> that bitch. Unretire that bitch. That Get it out there. I don't care who wears it. Somebody wear this number because it is not retired anymore. Un um, done. What a, what a, yeah, what a crazy story. I honestly didn't know about the Jack Murphy story. It, as he was talking about it, I was like, I wonder why they named it Jack Murphy. And now I know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, that, that is an interesting story. And ooh, the steroid business. Yikes. Yeah, I didn't hear that one. I didn't know that one. <laughs> trailblazers. That's, yeah, trailblazers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is that is wild. So, well, great look at, at the history of the Chargers there, Mike. And, uh, if any of you guys want uh, Mike to take a look at any particular subject matter, regardless of how weird, I mean, we've had Mike look up the history of the freaking cannon that gets shot at the Chargers Stadium. Good one, which is a great one. So great if one. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and find that one. If there is something that you want Mike to take a look at, I guarantee he will take the time to go through and dig up every bit of information, <laughs> even the bad stuff, yeah. um, and uh, and give us a great story because that is really interesting. I I. I I remember him talking about the the numbers being retired. I don't remember the Ron Mix coming up as being unretired and don't unretired mess with that the, don't you get unretired that bitch. Don't you go to the Raiders. <laughs> you get um, unretired. All right. Well, 
great, uh, great story there, Mike. Thank you for sharing it. And, uh, and that's pretty much it for this episode of the charger chat folks. We keep it short on Friday and, uh, and again, we'll hopefully we'll see coach come back. I think uh, he'll be okay next, next Tuesday. Yeah. Hopefully he's feeling better, but, uh, you should send him a little shout out on Twitter. Yeah. Make sure that he's doing send okay. Love. Give yeah. him a little pat on the back. Hold his hair back while he's face down <laughs> in the toilet, please. Um, all right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the charger chat. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Kid love you. Bye. Kid loves you. Bye. Ooh. From urban Mayo. Ooh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.